0: You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast. I'm John Stongey, and we've got a very special guest interview for you today that I'm certain you're going to love. And I want to give you a tiny bit of background on my appreciation of this guest. Growing up, I used to spend a lot of time at my grandparents' house, particularly on weekends. And one of the perks of staying there that I used to enjoy was the fact that they had TV stations that we didn't have at home, including TBS. And so without fail, every Saturday night at 6.05, I would watch NWA World Championship Wrestling in my grandparents' living room, and the guys that wrestled on that show were some of the heroes of my youth. And one particular wrestler that always impressed me was the Russian nightmare, Nikita Koloff. His posture was intimidating, his interviews were aggressive, and he displayed great power in the ring. And I was also surprised, maybe a little bit in myself, when Nikita went from someone that I used to root against to someone that I used to cheer for. And to my great delight, years ago, I also learned that Nikita had come to faith in Christ and dedicated this season of his life to making the gospel known in a variety of ways. So it would be an understatement for me to say that I'm excited to welcome him to the podcast today. With all that said, let's welcome Nikita Koloff to the show. Nikita, welcome. It's great to have you
1: here. John, John, it's great to be here. I I hope I can live up to half of
0: that introduction, just so (laughs) you know.
1: I'm going to take you on the road with me. Yeah,
0: I I could be your hype man, but I I got to tell
1: you. That's right. What a great introduction. Thank you. It's probably one of the best ones I've had. Thank you so much.
0: Well, I meant every word of it, and it's truly a privilege to have you with us today. I know our listeners are going to be blessed by hearing your testimony and your witness, and, um, and even some of your background in wrestling. I know that some of my listeners probably are not super familiar with the wrestling territories and wrestling in general and, and things like that. And so to even hear how that background factors into your coming to faith in Christ, I think is going to be fascinating for everybody. So I wondered if, if you'd even tell, uh, start us off by telling us a little bit about your background and then how you got started in professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it, and and to all your listeners out there, yeah, I realize this. Not everybody's a a professional wrestling fan. They should I, be. <laughs> I, I learned that a long time ago, and and that's okay. <laughs> and I also learned there's a few closet fans as well. So so we'll cover. We'll, let's see if we can cover everybody here today. Those who've never watched wrestling, those who are closet fans, and those who are avid fans, right? So all right. You know, it, it's it was an it's been an int- My life has been an interesting journey, John. Uh, there's a number of things that have transpired or that have been a part of my journey that I wouldn't. I would say I wasn't necessarily looking for. Maybe wasn't on the radar, and, and certainly professional wrestling was one of those things. And the kind of the readers digest a shorter version of that story is uh grew up in, in Minnesota, you know, those who aren't familiar with the character, I, I portrayed, you know, the, the Russian nightmare. I
0: was hoping you'd say that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <I think laughs> everyone wants to hear
0: that. Everyone wants to hear
1: that. <laughs> Let me hear the accent, you know, and, and so I developed this whole character, but but let me even back up. So i from Minnesota and my heart and passion from an early age, about the age of twelve, I fell in love with weightlifting, bodybuilding, and football. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, my, you know, I my my sights were set on one day, like many young men, playing professional football. And I was on that path through high school, college, uh, scouted by the NFL uh, in my college days. I, I had a couple setbacks in in, uh, in those college days, but I like to say those setbacks didn't hold me back. They were injuries on the football field. They were simply, for me, a setup for a comeback. And, and so I was able to overcome some very major injuries in football in my college days, still on that path and that, that desire, that dream of playing pro football when some of my buddies that got into wrestling, uh, quite a number of them actually, and in particular one of my best friends, he wrestled as as Road Warrior Animal, Legion of Doom. I actually literally recruited Animal out of Irondale High School in New Bright, Minnesota to play college football with me. In turn, he ends up making a phone call one morning and recruiting me into professional wrestling. And of course, you know, the Legion of Doom Road Warriors had a legendary wrestling iconic wrestling careers, a tag team, Hawk and Animal. They have uh, both actually since passed away and and gone home to uh, to heaven. And and so with no training professionally, with no amateur wrestling background, a door of opportunity opens up in 1984. I have a five minute phone call with the promoter, Jim Crockett in Charlotte, North Carolina. I, I make sure he understands the background I show up at his office the day he says to be there, only having had a five-minute conversation. And I like to say Nikita Koloff was born in the hallways of Charlotte, North Carolina in June of 1984.
0: And it's fascinating to see how the Lord brings all sorts of things around in a way that you don't expect him to. But you could see, even as you look at your life, how he's setting you up for what he has in mind for you, making those connections and doing all of those things
1: it's funny your choice of words cuz i joke sometimes i'm i'm like i'm like the lord totally set me up and what,
0: <laughs> yeah you were set what up i mean by that
1: john what i mean by that is I, I remember in high school our wrestling coach he was also my pe teacher my phys ed teacher his name was pete gregelko does that sound like a wrestling name or what it sure does <laughs> Pete, Pete had no neck, man. I mean, like typical wrestler. He, I, I promise you, he had no neck, man. He had his shoulders and, and a hat. I mean, I'm like, oh, my gosh. He wanted me so bad to, to wrestle. And honestly, looking back in my mind, I thought, you know, the idea of two guys, two sweaty guys in their little leotard grabbing each other in front of 12 family members doesn't appeal to me. Give me a helmet. Give me shoulder pads, let me knock somebody's block off, right? Here's God's sense of humor, I feel. What do I end up doing for a living? <laughs> Grabbing sweaty guys in my little leotard for a worldwide audience, no less. And so I say, God totally set me up because now, and, and we can talk as you know as much about the wrestling as you want for your listeners, kind of fill them in, but now I clearly see. How how that door of opportunity opened up and and it has become a huge platform for me to share the good news, the gospel, my testimony, how Jesus changed my life, and and everything that I'm doing now.
0: I know right now one of the things that you're doing is a lot of speaking and and uh, preaching and and mentoring and things like that. And so I'm gonna I have a couple questions related to that. So I'm sure I'm sure people have asked you about your preparation for wrestling. Probably a lot of questions you've received for that. I I believe I've heard that, you know, there were uh, frequent times that that Ivan Koloff would take time, you know, a couple hours before shows and and uh, you guys would work together and train and. And do that. One of the questions that I had for you was actually related to your interviews, your promos. So prior to giving a promo, was there sort of preparation that you would do to get yourself psyched up? Did you have an outline in your mind? Did you do something like that before you got in front of a group?
1: Yeah, it's a great question because there's there's quite a difference between today's product of professional wrestling and the era the era of the 80s and the era that I was a part of that many of the have called the golden era of wrestling. And, and for those of you, your listeners who may not be familiar that they, they go on, you mentioned Ivan Kolov. He was, he was uh, actually uncle Ivan Kolov, right? Cause the storyline was I was going to be his nephew and, and he was actually, he became, you know, like as much of an uncle to me as an, any uncle I ever had actually. And, and he did, uh, I was grateful for him and Don Cranoodle. They were the world tag champs at the time when I was introduced to them and, and, and took me under their wing and began to teach me the, the inner workings of, of professional wrestling, the mechanics of wrestling before the ring, uh, before the match each night, the psychology of wrestling on the drive home every night. And when it came to, to interviews and even the matches, the difference between now – And then that we really had what I would call most of the, what I call creative control, meaning when I stepped into a ring, the only thing I knew for certain is what the outcome would be. Believe it or not, for those of you, yes, I did know the outcome ahead of time. Um, But that said, when I used to wrestle Ric Flair many times for 60 minutes, 55 minutes, 45 minutes, the rest of that match was all improv, spontaneous, in the ring. Now, you as a fan might not have, have recognized that or seen that, but and we weren't necessarily talking to each other before the match because a lot of times we were in buildings so that had dress rooms on the opposite end of the building. And so that was the real art of the business, to be able to go in the ring, tell a story spontaneously, in other words, give an improv story to the fan, leading into the outcome. The interviews, the very same thing. And we would meet at Crockett's office the day he said to be there. They were cutting interviews uh, for half a day. I mean, I was there for hours. And again, it was it was there was no script. There was nothing handed to you. It was simply here's who you're wrestling. Here's the town. You know, here's it's a title match for this or, or whatever. And then in my mind, John, I was like, okay, give me a second. All right, roll camera. Let's go. And we would just, man, we would just cut one promo after another. You kind of get in a groove, right? You get in a roll.
0: Your promos were great. I loved it. What's the origin of Jatoata? Where'd that come from?
1: You know, it's just so, so not, not being from Russia, but portraying a Russian character, you know, in those early days, I got a Russian workbook. I got a a cassette tape for those who are old enough to remember what that is. Uh, a Russian cassette tape. I learned to sign my name in Russian. I picked up a few name, a few words like you know, uh, uh, is uncle in Russian. please. Of course, spokone good night. You know, I learned to count to ten in Russian, and and, and then. In my mind, I thought, if I really was from there, and and I'm going to start learning English, what would certain words sound like? What would certain phrases sound like? As I was developing the accent, your listeners will need to go on YouTube and just Google Nikita Kolov or or YouTube Nikita Koloff. They'll see the interviews that we're referring to. And then the jatoata just is something I just developed. Everyone always says, what's that mean? What's that mean? I go, It will forever be a mystery. (laughs) It's just something I thought this would be kind of a good way to end an interview or even start an interview or like, well, kind of a, what is this or what's going on? You know, kind of thing.
0: So, well, I, I loved it then. I still love it now. I appreciate it. One of the things that, you know, we were talking about just a few moments ago is the fact that it's clear that the Lord was orchestrating a plan that he was doing something in your life that, you know, we were joking about the fact that the Lord set you up. Uh, Obviously he was calling you unto himself and he was doing this. I'm sure gradually over time, preparing your heart to receive him. And so I'm wondering even a couple things uh, just in my familiarity with, with professional wrestling, I hear different stories about what a typical week would be like for a guy and, and just how it, uh, exhausting it was, you know, just the nature of life on the road and, and all the things that, that you guys were experiencing and all the things that you guys were doing, what was a typical week like for you? And, and what kind of impact could you see that lifestyle starting to have on you?
1: Yeah. Early in the career, you know, before you mentioned TBS, uh, 605 on Saturday nights, uh, which, by the way, just brings, brings back a flood of memories. Um, but um, prior to that, prior to going on, uh, on, we would we would do local television tapings every week for Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling and worldwide wrestling. Bob Cottle, David Crockett, eventually Tony Schiavone, eventually Gordon Soley, some of the big names of, uh, of announcing, Jim Ross, JR. And in those early days... I want people to understand it, it was not all glitz and glamour like you would see on television because we averaged John two thousand to twenty five hundred miles a week in a car on average and and we kind of would rotate out who 's going to drive and who 's going to take whose car or whatever we 'd usually you know carpool together and it was usually I, Ivan and Don and I initially, and then eventually Crusher Khrushchev and at one point when i became when I saw the light became a good guy. A lot of times, Sting and I, Road Warrior Animal and Lex Luger, would travel together, and but we put a lot of road miles in, and to really nail down the perspective, in 1986, I had 454 matches.
0: That sounds so, impossible.
1: <laughs> right, right. See, so if you do the math on that, now you know. Obviously, there's only 365 days in a year, but what people have to keep in mind is. If we're, te- if we're taping mid-Atlantic and worldwide, I might have a, uh, a match on each show. Now, they, they, you know, it's not going to be a 60-minute match, but it's still a match, right? you still got to get mentally prepared, physically prepared for that. And then when we went on TBS, we had to be in the Atlanta studio every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Again, you might have one or two matches for the Saturday night show, the Sunday night show, a matinee show sat- uh, Saturday afternoon, a show Saturday night. A matinee show Sunday afternoon, a show Sunday night, you know, all in different towns. So you're driving to those. And then factor in, I'm a big weightlifting guy. So factor in five, six, seven days a week, probably. I'm in the gym two hours a day taking care of my physique and eating right, eating
0: healthy. That sounds quite involved and quite exhausting. And I'm sure, I'm sure it took a toll on you in many respects, but I, I wonder, you know, in the midst of all the things that you were dealing with there, including the fame, because that can be a a, a big challenge on top of all that you're a well-known personality. I'm sure everywhere you go, people recognize you. And, and so you've got all that. And I'm wondering if in the midst of all of that, if you were starting to ask spiritual questions, or if those were the types of things that you were trying to push from your mind in the midst of that experience?
1: That's a, it's a great question. Uh, so a little, little, little more backstory to, to, to my journey. So, you know, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, the Lord kind of doing things along the way. And I think he do, really, he does this, I, I think, in all of our lives for those who have eyes to see uh, and then gain the understanding and, and can look back and gain some real, some real understanding from from hindsight, right? Because I didn't grow up in church in Minnesota. I mean, I, I, I frequent the doors of a church occasionally, but I would say this probably, all for the wrong reasons without going into detail. <laughs> I didn't go to church for the right reasons. I went for the wrong reasons. And then ironically, I told you I recruited Road Warrior Animal to play college football with me. Well, what I didn't tell you was, I was going to a junior college named Golden Valley Lutheran College. It was a Bible college. And I tell people this, I didn't go to learn about Jesus. Uh, it just so happens, they, it was in Golden Valley, Minnesota. They were the number one at the time, when I was graduating high school, they were the number one rated junior college team in the nation. A small little Bible college, maybe 500 people. Wow. I knew four of the five coaches. In fact, the defensive coordinator was my very first male mentor and football coach in seventh grade, Bill Burke. And he's a major reason why I chose to go there. Um, and and so, and I say this, though, you talk about the Lord planting seeds. We were required to take a Bible class, and I did my best to sleep through every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, for real. I'm just like, you know, so I'm like, you know, to your point, you know Jesus wasn't on the forefront of my thoughts or my mind. I, it was all about me. Mm-hmm. And I remember of a scripture in Proverbs that says, "Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord directs their steps." Mm-hmm. Well, I had my plans from the age of twelve, but eventually we're, we'll get into here how the how the Lord uh, actually directed my steps. But He was even when I wasn't serving Him, and so I can clearly look back and see how. God had His hand on my life, even though I had no relationship with Him and wasn't really acknowledging Him at all.
0: That's a good segue to to uh, maybe fill us in on how you came to faith in Christ, because I know you were wrestling full time till right around was it about ninety three, somewhere in that range.
1: Yeah, my my last official match was November seventh, nineteen ninety two, against a, a a behemoth of a man named Van Vader. 450 500 pounds he was a big dude and a reputation for being a bit reckless and we, we were we were wrestling in that match and, and he actually injured my neck he uh as i learned he took about a 10-yard charge and, and clotheslined me to the back of my head and and injured my neck and then i didn't know to the next day i got a hernia picking him up for you know lifting him for a body slam you know as, as heavy as he was and so i eventually had a hernia surgery and Was rehabilitating my neck, and and one of my goals, breaking in early, and I told the guys was that I would be out of active wrestling by the time I was I was thirty five, and so I'm home. I'm rehabilitating. I had surgery. I'm rehabilitating, and and I'm like, you know, this would probably be as good a time as any to just now walk away. And it was under my own terms, and it, it wasn't injury related, although I had the injuries. I mean, that was a factor, but it wasn't the sole reason I, I chose to walk away. Really, in the peak of my career, I've been coined by some the Barry Sanders of pro wrestling, hmm. where, where Sanders walked away at the peak of his football career. In the NFL. I walked away really at 33. Many of those guys are just accelerating their career through their 30s. But I chose to walk away, little knowing what the future held for me. And I would find that through that journey in 1993 and looking for fulfillment, I would say, John, I I would tell your listeners, I was successful in many people's eyes, having a, a stellar career in wrestling and a level of fame, but I was still, something was missing and I was still not fulfilled, but that happened 17 October 1993 at an altar. Praise
0: God. That's wonderful. So that, that was in a, a, a church context uh, after listening to a message, after you know the, the gospel was shared?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, and so I was involved in some businesses outside of wrestling. I've always uh, had, a, had a mind for diversifying myself. And, and so I, would, you know, I, was, I was involved. In fact, I had a gym at the time and, and uh, in partnership in a gym and some other investments. And, and I'd met a Christian couple and become friends with them. And and they had invited me a few times, and, and again I was frequenting the doors of a church occasionally. In fact, there was a pastor and his wife who were members of my gym, and I would sometimes show up. You know, if I was in town, I might show up with the family at, at their church, and not for, again not for the right reasons. Just I thought it would keep them, you know, paying members of the gym, right? That's that's totally the wrong reason, but um, wrong motive. But um, and I just called the called them up. Uh, this couple up out of the blue one day. And, and I just say, Hey, I'll be in church. You know, we're going to come to your church on, on Sunday. And it was really a divine moment for me. It was a divine encounter. I was meant to be there that day. And ironically enough, there was not a sermon preached that day. Looking back, pastor Tom, it, it was interesting. He was very sensitive to the leading of the Holy spirit. I come to learn but on that day, I walked in, I sensed something different walking in. I look back now, just a leading of the Holy Spirit into that place. And they just went into, uh, I mean, they had, he just felt instead of preaching that day, that as a corporate body, we just needed to pray, pray for the nation, pray for, pray for this, pray for that, just pray for different things. But at the end, he gave an invitation. He, he gave what I come to know is an altar call. And I knew that I knew in my heart of hearts, the way he presented that, what was missing in my life was a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, I had heard the story more than once, but on that day, John, the story made the 18-inch trip from my head down to my heart. I encountered Jesus on my knees that day at the altar, and life has never been the same since.
0: I love it. That's a great testimony. And it's interesting because you could look at how the Lord's fashioned you. I think you have a personality that is the type of personality that influences people. So when people probably spend time with you, I'm I'm assuming that that they learn from you, that they copy you, that, that that's the way the Lord's fashioned you. And I see him transitioning that into a ministry where I know you're speaking and you're doing all sorts of things. Can you tell us a little bit about what ministry looks like for you now, how you're, how you're using that influence that the Lord's blessed you with to glorify him in present day?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and if I just reflect back since that day in October uh, the 17th, 1993 to present day, uh, again, and going back to what I said, you know, certain things I was not looking for, right? I, I wasn't looking to be a professional wrestler, but I became one. I wasn't looking at being an evangelist, a minister of the gospel, and traveling around the world, but but the the Lord directed my step to that altar that day, and and since that time, it's been just a phenomenal journey. I mean, I didn't launch into ministry and preaching immediately, in fact— I got my hands dirty. I I wanted to get my hands dirty. I wanted to learn how to serve. I went on uh, almost right away a mission trip to Trinidad to help build a church. And then I I followed that up with a uh, a while later, a trip to Tobago, the sister island, to help build a Bible college. Hmm. And then my first trip to Africa in 1995 to Angola, four years after the Civil War, I I made a three-week journey there to help build a church there. And that was my first opportunity, really to speak about a, a year and a half into my journey with Jesus. They wanted me to dedicate the new building that we were working on before we left. And that was really my first opportunity to speak and, and then I did some other trips to My second opportunity really to speak was Bogota, Colombia, when I was chaperoning my my children's youth group to to Bogota and so the first few years, I was just being mentored and discipled in fact jay stewart is still my pastor to this day 27 years later still my pastor my mentor and has discipled me and then doors of opportunity began to open up to to preach to share my story to do men's breakfast lunches and dinners and 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 preach the gospel on sunday morning so here i am now i've been to all 50 states i have been to 30 different countries I have done revivals. I have done crusades. I've been in plus or minus about 1200 churches, 28 different denominations. And then in 2006, I went to a a men's camp in Texas that again, if the Lord takes us from glory to glory, it was a very impacting event that I went to at this camp in, in Texas that opened up my heart for men in men's ministry. And you, Meant you use the word influence. And, and I, I have been fortunate to have quite a following from the wrestling platform and quite an influence on, on men, but women alike. Uh, there's a lot of women wrestling fans, believe it or not. So I launched into a more focused men's ministry in addition to all the rest of it and eventually developed Lex Luger and I, one of my wrestling peers who got radically saved in 2006. He lived with me for 10 months in, in 2015, and out of that birth, a one-day conference called Man Up. We, we do that. I, I'll do that probably 10, 12 times in churches and communities just this year alone, and that parlays men into a full-blown camp uh, that we do one right now, one in the spring, one in the fall, the next one will be in April, called Man Camp, and so that's some of what I'm currently doing.
0: Yeah, it's I, I was gonna ask you about Man Camp and, and those of you listening on the podcast, you can't see, but Nikita has a, a Man Camp shirt on right now. And you probably I know you're aware of this just because of what I'll share here, but about a year and a half ago I heard that they were trying to revive the NWA wrestling brand and they were going to be having new shows. And so I thought, oh I I have to check that out. And it, it's kind of like reliving my youth again. And uh, I appreciate what they did. Well, I think it was, I don't know if it was the third episode of that or fourth episode. I see a commercial and it's a commercial advertising man camp with you and, and Lex. And I, I thought, oh, this is fantastic. And you, scripture was being shared on the commercial. I thought, look at these guys being salt and light in the midst of this. I, I thought that was fantastic. And I, I mean, could you tell us a little bit about man camp and, and what it's like and, and what you're trying to do for the guys participate? <laughs>
1: Yeah, a- absolutely, and 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 those commercials were kind of fun. We we actually, I was thrilled when I heard that Billy Corrigan wanted to to kind of rebrand the NWA, if you will, because I'm in NWA through and through. You know, uh, people have always asked me a question, "How come I didn't go to WWF, which is now WWE?" And and again, I'm kind of loyal to a fault, right? I could have probably made ten times the money going up there with Vince McMahon. Uh, but instead chose to stay loyal to Jim Crockett and, and the NWA brand. And so I actually made an appearance for for NWA power with them and highlighted a couple guys I was working with called uh, Christendom as Koloff dynasty to carry on the legacy of, of the Koloffs. And, and so, you know, they were, they were gracious enough to offer to do two commercials, one on man camp and then one for Koloff for Christ ministries. And, so they aired those both on, on their wrestling program, yeah, which was cool because, like you said, you know, uh, just being salt and light to that world. And so that was that was really fun. But more specifically, man camp, man up conferences. I like to say the man up conference I do is just a one-day Saturday conference I do usually at local churches for their community and, and outreach to man. And it centers around 1 Thessalonians 5.23, being whole – in spirit, soul, and body, so being a whole man, being healthy, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and even physically, what's the Bible say uh, about being healthy in all these areas of life? and so you know we do these one day conferences, I like to call it the appetizer i mean I give a lot of I give a lot of information to these men in a very short period of time, and then i kind of I encourage him or challenge him, hey. If you got value from this conference today, then you really should consider coming to the, the full-blown, dive deeper into this and come to Man Camp, which is a five-day catalyst. And so Lex joins me there at the camp, do it in northern Georgia. As I said, we'll do it in the spring and the fall. And it's, it's really a deep dive in, into the Word of God and, and helping men run after the heart of God. Men might come with a variety of different issues, so we see men get set free. We see men get healed of things of their childhood or their past. Our goal is to equip men at the camp that when we send them back home for maybe all the ladies that are listening to your podcast, I like to say this: ladies, if you give, if you give men your blessing, they're more apt to come. Okay, <laughs> our goal. It's to send them home to be better equipped with tools in their tool belt, to be godly men out in the marketplace, godly husbands, godly fathers, just healthier than they already are now. And they may already be healthy, but our goal is Lex and I combine all of our years of experience. and We want to send them home to be healthier physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That in a nutshell is part of what we do.
0: I'm so glad that you guys do that. I I when I saw that you offered that, I thought mm-hmm. What a fantastic ministry idea! By the way, you're a you're a big Minnesota Vikings fan, so we we established that before we started recording here. I know that Lex is a big Buffalo Bills fan. My wife grew up near Buffalo, so she's a Bills fan as well. But has he been impossible to deal with this season? <laughs>
1: now <that they're> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've called him a few times. Actually, I was in uh, I was with him for one of the games. I don't I don't remember which one, but he's like, you can watch the game with me, right? I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a night game. That must have been like, I don't know, like Sunday night or something. I'm like, uh yeah, I watched the first half but I am not gonna stay up till midnight watching it. Just you know, I love you, but you know, I, I draw the line there. So which I did. I wa I watched the first half, but he is beside himself that, that they're doing so well and just having the season that they're having. He's beside himself.
0: Well, I, I'm happy for them. That's my wife's team, so I have to be – I'm an Eagles fan, but I have to be also a Bills fan, too. I'm married into that, so so I'm, I'm – I understand. With
1: them. Well, <laughs> and, and, you know, where I'm at this point, at this juncture of life, I, I just – I am loyal to the Vikings, but it, it's funny because, you know, if if I were to go to a game, I'm like, if they lose – I'm not the guy who, if they lose, I can't sleep for three nights. I'm not that guy. You know what? I'm. I, it's a game. I'm going to bed, and I'm going to – good night sleep and wake up tomorrow cuz tomorrow's a new day right so but i know some people like that i'm not that kind
0: <laughs> that's awesome though yeah i've noticed his posts he's always posting about the bills and i'm happy for him I mean, we've got a happy household here too so that's awesome so so recently you branched out into one of my favorite things and that's podcasting and and i'm convinced that podcasting is just such a great tool for evangelism. I, I listen to your podcast regularly. For those of you listening today, Nikita's podcast is called The Man Up Podcast. Loved your recent interview with Sting. I thought that was fantastic. And you know what surprised me most about your show? Not so much the content, because I've, you know, I've read about your testimony and seen some of the things that you shared. But you sound like someone who has a background in broadcasting. So when I'm listening to the show, it sounds like you've done some training in this, or I don't know if just being in front of crowds all these years or all these speaking engagements you're doing. But I thought, since when does Nikita Koloff sound like a professional broadcaster? This is not what I would have expected.
1: <laughs> well, I am completely, in all sincerity completely humbled by that comment because I... So it's interesting. It's it really is, it's on, it's very interesting the the fact that you're saying that because once again as I mentioned things have popped up on my radar that I was not looking for and podcasting and broadcasting was not one of them. I you know I'm doing these camps and conferences and preaching and traveling and and, and again as let me just say this as part of the setup when I look back at my wrestling career and I think about, okay, what did I do in wrestling? Uh, I, I flew on airplanes. I rented cars. I, I stayed in hotels. I, I spoke on microphones in front of cameras, entertaining crowds. That, that was, kind of summarizes my wrestling career, right? Okay. Since giving my life to Jesus, let's see. What have I been doing the last 25, 26, 7 years? Oh, I know. I've been flying on airplanes, renting cars, staying in hotels, talking on microphones, sometimes in front of cameras. Not to entertain the crowd, though, although I can do that, but more importantly, to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus, right? So once again, the Lord, what a setup, you know? Um, he's
0: setting you up time and time again. He
1: is. But all that said, so I got a random phone call from Stu Epperson, the CEO, the owner of Truth Radio Network, last year, in 2019. And a random call, I met him a couple times, and we have some mutual friends, and he's like, hey... We need to talk. I need to come down. So I'm like, all right. So he drives an hour down to my house. He spends three hours at my house. He says, You need a weekly radio show. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I go, I hadn't thought about that, but let's 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 pray into that. And and so we did, and I just felt confirmation because John, I felt like like in my heart of hearts, I, I feel like I'm I, I've for years supposed to go to X amount of countries or whatever, and I'm like, Lord, You know, at this stage of life, how am I going to get to that many countries? And then, John, it kind of dawned on me. I thought, well, I I could travel to let's just say a hundred countries through the airwaves, through podcasting, and still get that message out there to a world that needs it. And so, Stu and I came together. We we launched it. Actually, airs. It does air on 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 the radio stations in. Uh, North Carolina and Virginia currently. We have a very aggressive goal of syndicating the show to two to 300 stations across America. And then I have a personal goal of that podcast being downloaded in a 100 plus countries. And just out of the gate, uh, within a, a, a month or two at the most, it had already been downloaded into 10 countries, some of which Truth Radio have never had downloads in before. And I got to tell you this, this is funny too. Robbie, who's the, who, who works with me up there at truth radio. One day I'm up at the the station and he pulls up the map and he goes, Hey, explain something to me. He goes, you got podcasts all over America, but it's heavily concentrated in Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, North South Carolina, Virginia. And I look at, I go, Robbie, Robbie, dude, that's the Mecca of of professional wrestling, man. That's wrestling. He goes, and he's not a wrestling fan. He goes, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. And just yesterday, John, he told me when his daughter found out that, that he was in studio with Nikita Koloff and recording Sting, she railed on him for an hour. She's like, Dad, I was the biggest Sting fan growing up. You don't remember that? You, don't, you know?" <laughs> and so I say all that to say the first little demo uh, that we did, him and I, like I – you want if you want to say, I because I had no training for this, just like I had no training for wrestling. I had no training for this. I go in the studio, Robbie goes, Hey, let's interview me and let's just have some fun. When I was done, now he's done it for 15 years. When I was done, he looked at me, he goes, You're like a natural. This is this is crazy. I agree. I, I appreciate it, John. I just got to believe, honestly, that. Again, you know, the Lord gives us gifts and talents and skills and abilities, and and so i just trust and believe in you know His blessing is is on this, and and just appreciate you, you know, for for your comments, but also for having me on your podcast.
0: Well, it, I, I'll tell you what, I mean, and I'm I'm not just saying this; it's a legitimately good show, and I hope my listeners will check it out because it's edifying, it's encouraging. I was particularly edified. By, well, there's a variety of things. One of the things that really uh, blessed me recently was just hearing about your relationship with your daughters. You know, you're talking about reading to them at Christmas time and, and and things like that. I, I thought that is such a cool thing to hear. I have four kids. I have two sons, two daughters, and they're quickly becoming adults one at a time. And and you know, I, I so surprise that, that relationship I get to have with them. And so to hear your example and to hear your stories about how you continue to pour into the lives of your adult children and, uh, and your family at, at large, I thought this is a great example that men need to hear. And uh, you, you really hooked me with that one. That was where you really hooked me with the show.
1: Well, I appreciate a couple of thoughts um, on that. I, I felt uh, a number of years ago that the Lord impressed upon my heart Hey, you can spend money on them in, in a lot in a variety of ways. I mean, you take them out to, to lunch or dinner. You can, you know, take them to the mall shopping. For for those who who don't know, your listeners, I have four children. They're all boys except for four of them. Just so your listeners. <laughs> um, and so you know, the, I felt the Lord impress upon me and say, you know, you can you can you can buy them clothes. You can take them on trips. You can do a lot lots of ways you can spend money on them, but I really felt the number one thing he said to do is invest in their in their spiritual their spiritual make a, make an investment in them spiritually and and in turn, you know I took him to a lot of of conferences for them specifically, some of which I was doing myself uh, as well, but I just wanted to be in that atmosphere in the presence of God around other godly people. And, and that has parlayed into their adult years, as you said, and, and I just continue to, they know I pray for them every single day, for them, their marriages, their families, their children, my grandchildren. I have eight with one on the way. My youngest daughter, Colby, uh, will get married in 2021. She'll be the last one to marry off and then can check that box. And, and so I do, I just continue, and the, the, I'll say this, the point you're making Every year, in fact, my oldest daughter, who is uh, 38, got to remember all these all these birthdays, right? Especially with all these grandkids now. But but she told me this past Christmas. So every Christmas Eve, now this is funny. I was staying in her house, but I was in my my bedroom, leaving a voicemail on her phone, reading "Twas the night before Christmas," and I've. De- at every year, for all four of them, I leave it on their voicemail. She told me the next day, it's going to choke me up. She told me <clears throat> the next day, she says, Dad, she's, she's 38, she calls me daddy. And she says, I just want you to know, I listen to your voicemail. I listen.' She was I save that on my phone and listen to it. I save it for an entire year, and I don't erase it until you leave a new recording the next year. And, and awesome. so Yeah, so it's pretty special.
0: That's very special, and that the Lord's blessed you with such a a great relationship with your kids, even into their adult years, and now the relationship you get to have and the influence you get to have on a new generation of grandchildren, that's truly a blessing. That's got to be very uh, fulfilling and just warm your heart.
1: Well, scripturally, for your listeners, scripturally, it it took me a while to figure this scripture out, but I have since figured it out. Proverbs says, A good man... Who doesn't want to be a good man, right? A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So I tried to invest and in, sow into the spiritual heritage of my children, but now in turn uh, doing my best when I'm around my grandchildren to, to model Jesus, to be Jesus with skin on. Sometimes they're like, Grandpa, do you always listen to this music? It's worship music, right? I go, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do, you know, and or we'll be in the car and they're like, man, that's a, that's a long song, grandpa. And I go, yeah, it's, it's called worship. It's a worship song. So it's not like a normal song on regular radio, you know, and it's just trying to plant those seeds and constantly as a grandpa praying those grandchildren into heaven.
0: I love it. That's, that's wonderful. Great example. As we finish up here, I just wanted to let our listeners know that they can find you online and maybe you could tell them a, a little bit about what you've got going online and where they can find you there.
1: Sure, I appreciate that. And there's a, a number of different ways. I'll, I'll mention, if it's okay, a few things. Um, uh, well, a couple of websites, if they want to just read a little bit more about my story, I mean, go on koloff.org, koloff.org. And, and we're actually i've got a good friend of mine uh, one of my board of directors working on uh, re- revamping um, my my website but you can still go to coloff.org and read some about the my personal stories some about the ministry itself they can if there's pastors listening want me want to bring me to their community want to bring man man up conference or something or just preach you know they can contact me through coloff.org and and so there's that mancamp.info I-N-F-O. If you're a man, 18 and up, I mean, we've had men, the oldest we've had so far, I think, John is 73 years old, a retired pastor, still hungry for God. I mean, we did two of these camps in in 2019, Uh, one in June, one in October. We had men from eight different states attend each camp, fly in, drive in, and, and just ran after the heart of God, and it was powerful. And so men... Check that out. We do have scholarship money available. If finances is an issue, we have scholarship men who've gone before who've paid it forward. So mancamp.info. I n f o. You can find me on the social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter, uh, with the Nikita Koloff with with the with the actual numeral one behind it. That's the real me. Facebook. Neat story about Facebook. Look for me with a picture of Standing River. That's me and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, and another wrestling friend in the Jordan River. Oh, wow. Taking, baptizing each other. That's the real me on Facebook. A few imposters out there. The Man Up Podcast, or It's Time to Man Up, is kind of my tagline. It should be on all the platforms iHeart, all the different platforms. A couple books that your, your listeners might be interested in. One's motivational. Once inspirational, one's called wrestling with success, uh, developing a championship mentality. That's motivational. One called, uh, Nikita, a tale of the ring and redemption. If people want to hear the full story and even learn more about the whole history of wrestling back to the 1800s, they can order that direct message me or, or shoot me an email, personalized copy, send it out. I do that all the time as well. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're just I'm, I'm excited for the future and, and what it holds and just the opportunities that that God is providing and and can't wait to just see what continues to unfold over the course of this year and beyond.
0: Well, Nikita, I, I just want to thank you for taking the time to share with us today. If you knew how excited I was when you agreed to do the show, you probably would have thought I was a nutcase and canceled. So <laughs> I had to keep down my excitement via, when we were chatting via email, but my wife can confirm quite excited about it. But I just wanted to yeah. let you know, like, I'm truly thankful for your ministry, for your example, for your clear commitment to Jesus. I really do take mm. encouragement from uh, what I've witnessed the Lord do in your life and to just have the privilege today to hear about your spiritual journey and what the Lord's doing through you at present. It's a true blessing. I know our listeners are going to be blessed by it as well.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, you you, you, you posed some great questions, and again, great introduction, and, uh, to say the least, and thank you for letting me share some of, some of my journey and share my heart and kind of what God's doing now and how people can find me and and perhaps uh, our paths across cross face-to-face uh, and outside of a Zoom call. So thank you, John.
0: Lord willing, I, I hope so. I, I wonder if you could do us a favor and finish us up with a, a classic Nikita Koloff promo.
1: Hey, the Russian Nightmare Nikita Koloff here, and I want to challenge you to dwell on these things and tune in to the podcast, Dwell on these things
0: ta ha! <laughs> I love it. All right, thank you so much, Nikita.
1: Thanks, John. God bless you and, and all of your listeners out there. God's blessing to you as well. Thank you. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com.